Hello, it's David here. Thank you for listening to the Leader Coronavirus Daily. Please do subscribe and give us a rating wherever you're listening to podcasts. And get in touch with us on social media using the hashtag TheLeaderPodcast. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is the Leader Coronavirus Daily. Hi, I'm David Marsland. Boris Johnson has returned. I refuse to throw away all the effort and the sacrifice of the British people and to risk a second major outbreak and huge loss of life and the overwhelming of the NHS. But was his speech at number 10 what a wearying country needed to hear? We ask our associate editor, Julian Glover. And... Their first responsibility is to avoid the risks that are so evident as part of that process, because those arguing most forcibly for opening up will be the first to turn on them if they open up too early. Lord Heseltine on how to get the UK out of lockdown. Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is the Leader Coronavirus Daily. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, Boris is back. What's next? Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Good morning. I'm sorry I've been away from my desk for much longer than I would have liked. It's been 22 days since Boris Johnson was admitted to hospital with COVID-19, almost the entire month of April. He was visibly thinner. The microphone sometimes picked up heavier breathing than normal. But it was clear that this was a Prime Minister determined to show he's back in charge. If this virus were a physical assailant, an unexpected and invisible mugger, which I can tell you from personal experience it is, then this is the moment when we have begun together to wrestle it to the floor. Our editorial column is pleased to see his return, but also wants to see decisions being made quickly. Welcome back, Prime Minister. You're needed, and this morning, speaking outside Downing Street, you showed why. Only a Prime Minister has the authority to lead us out of lockdown. But for anyone hoping that normal life will return soon, his message was bleak. I can see the long-term consequences of lockdown as clearly as anyone. 
And so, yes, I entirely share your urgency. It's the government's urgency. And yet we must also recognise the risk of a second spike. He showed the necessary caution of a wartime leader, but he also revealed how much is missing. He couldn't tell us what will happen next because he does not know. He has returned to find the government doesn't have a plan to get out of this. It needs to find one. The Evening Standard's associate editor, Julian Glover, watched the Prime Minister's speech and he's with me over the phone now. Julian, did Boris Johnson give the public what it needed to see with his return to work? When the door opened of number 10 this morning, we didn't just want to hear what the Prime Minister had to say. We also wanted to see what he looked like, how he was after his terrible ordeal with coronavirus. And he did very, very well. It's extremely difficult to come out of a building in the middle of a crisis, give a sense of reassurance, a sense of firm leadership, of clarity. And he did all of those things. Even his critics will have been impressed. But it only holds for a day or so, because what he couldn't do is tell us what's going to happen next. He could tell us what isn't going to happen. He's not about to lift the lockdown. And he gave some of the reasons why it would be dangerous. Infections rates would spike again. We haven't got through this. There's a separate battle, of course, about whether we could have locked down earlier. We could have contained the virus and we might have been able to start lifting restrictions as other countries in Europe are beginning very tentatively to do. But that's not the time for this battle. What we need to know is what's going to happen next. Julian, were there any hints at all in what he was talking about outside Downing Street today about what will happen next? So he said he'd be more transparent. Well, we'll find out how that happens. He said he'll work with the opposition. Well, people always say that, and then it turns out to be tough. And he said in the next few days, we will hear more about the plan. Not dates, probably. Definitely not an impending lifting of very many restrictions at all, but at least the structure of how this is going to happen. And it is fair to ask that. It's what the Evening Standard is asking for, looking for the London after lockdown we want to see. Not because it's going to come straight away, but because we have to plan for it now. It's what Michael Heseltine writes about in the comment pages of the Evening Standard today. And it's what the Prime Minister is going to have to get his officials and his ministers to work on. Clearly a lot has gone on while he's been away. He's been away for almost the entirety of April, so Dominic Raab has had to make a number of decisions themselves. Why do we need the Prime Minister back? Because while he's been away, there's been a lot of hard work by people involved in testing and developing the app that maybe we'll carry to, to judge whether it's, uh, it's safe to go out, whether we've met somebody, come into contact accidentally with somebody who might be an infectious coronavirus patient. These things are all happening. People are working really hard. I've talked to officials involved. But what there isn't is that person at the top drawing it all together, saying this is the plan, this is what we need to know, this is what we've got to tell people, this is how it's going to happen. It hasn't worked. The Cabinet can't do that. It isn't how Britain's structured. There needs to be a leader. That's Boris Johnson's job. It's going to be a very tough one. He'll come in for a lot of criticism. It's going to be hard when he's recovering from an incredibly serious medical condition and he hasn't had long to recover. But that's what happens if you're Prime Minister. It's what he started doing today. He came out of it well this morning. He's going to have to keep coming out of it well day after day because this is going on, as he said, for a very long time. 
next. People are quite rightly asking the questions, but there are no scientifically demonstrable answers. Lord Heseltine on how the UK can recover from coronavirus. What will London be like after lockdown? In Evening Standard and online, you'll find the start of the newspaper's sustained reporting, looking at what happens when social isolation is lifted and how that could happen in the first place. Among those writing opinion pieces is Lord Heseltine, and he's with me over Zoom now. Lord Heseltine, in your time in government, was there ever anything that could compare to the scale of this coronavirus crisis? Oh, no, no, nothing like this. There was the BSE crisis. I'll never forget the experience. Um, Now, it never materialised on anything like the scale. But I I remember the Monday afternoon, I was sitting in my office when the uh, Minister of Agriculture, Douglas Hogg, phoned me and said, I need to talk to you. Uh, He came to my office and he said, look, uh, we have this um, BSE problem. And the advice to me is that it may be containable. It may be uh, of short term nature. But on the other hand, nobody can rule out that it could be of pandemic scale. Uh, I greatly admire the speed with which he came to see me. I immediately picked up the phone to the Prime Minister and the Cabinet met, I think, at six o'clock that day. The important thing was public confidence, because what we knew was very likely to become public in one way or another very rapidly. And so being in a position to answer the public's questions was, was paramount. And then putting out the information as quickly as possible was obviously very desirable. And I remember the cabinet meeting on the Monday, one of my colleagues asked a question, and I remember something along the lines, does this have a particular threat to young people? To which the expert advice was, we don't know, and we won't know until, say, 48 hours. And I remember the the trauma of thinking, oh my God, that question is so fundamental we don't know the answer to it. And if we are, if we release this story that we have now, and that question is asked and we can't answer it, it has the ingredients of panic. So we decided to hold the news for 24 hours. We didn't have a leak. And so by the time we did actually reveal the, the, the information, we did have an answer to that very frightening question. That line, I don't know, Minister, must be in some circumstances pretty terrifying when you're in the Cabinet. And there's so much about coronavirus that we don't know, isn't there? Exactly right. And and so what do you do as a minister? You, you're to- on the best advice that there is no certain answer. And if you then repeat that, and how can you avoid something of that sort, they're bound to be all sorts of reactions. Many of them are not comfortable. First of all, there'll be people all over the world who say, oh, yes, well, of course, we do know. And 
and they'll get currency. They'll get the press listening to them. Perhaps they may be talking complete rubbish and completely unsubstantiated uh, arguments being advanced. That all goes with the game. And uh, the coronavirus seems to me full of examples of uh, uh, unanswerable questions. But we are where we are now. Boris Johnson is now back as prime minister. There's a lot of pressure on him, on the cabinet, to lift lockdown. If the government starts thinking about that, where does the government start? I think that they should recognise that the pressure to come out is building inevitably. But their first responsibility is to avoid the risks that are so evident as part of that process, because those arguing most forcibly for opening up will be the first to turn on them if they open up too early. It's a very difficult choice they have to make. My instinct is to advise caution. Can this country, though, ever be the same? When we come out of lockdown, will we just pop straight back into the UK as we knew it? No, there's no chance of that. First, there is the fact that people are living on their savings. They are not earning anything like what they were. And they will be anxious to try and restore their own personal finances. Secondly, the corporate sector, our companies, are hemorrhaging cash. And they will be very cautious and very anxious to try and restore their cash reserves, their balance sheets. So whilst there will be undoubtedly a a sort of huge sense of relief immediately at the idea that the restrictions have been raised, the caution forced on by the economic circumstances will make sure, in my view, that we're in for a slow recovery process. How slow, Lord Heseltine? Well, nobody knows the answer to that question. That's the problem with so many of these dilemmas that, that people are quite rightly asking the questions, but there are no scientifically demonstrable answers to these questions. That's very frustrating, particularly for the government who knows that they're having to say that they themselves are going to make the best judgments, but there's a, a guesswork element in those judgments. And you can read Lord Heseltine's article in the newspaper and also online at standard.co.uk, which is also where you'll find our live blog, where you can find all the latest developments on COVID-19. And we have morning briefings available through your smart speaker every morning at 7am. Just ask for the news from the Evening Standard. This podcast is back tomorrow at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. 
Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.